0: TED Audio Collective. In March 2020, the COVID-19 pandemic shut down. Well, just about everything. School, work, shopping centers, public parks, even strip clubs. Stick with me here. As the world grappled with how to continue moving while simultaneously being stuck at home... One of society's most lucrative and communal creative environments was left severely in the lurch. But it turned out that difficulty was actually the pathway to reinvention and innovation on an internet that for all its streamlining, still offers a space to creative, closed communities of every flavor. Strippers, exotic dancers, and other performers and sex workers were left without a livelihood But some got creative and turned to the internet. They flocked to platforms like OnlyFans. They accepted payments on Cash App, Venmo, and even Bitcoin. And some, like the dancers from a club called Jumple's Clown Room in East Hollywood, created their own regular online shows. They even sold tickets on Eventbrite. I'm Sherelle Dorsey, and this is TED Tech. Why are we talking about strip clubs on a tech show? Because they represent a microcosm of the changing future of work, even in the areas of society we're least likely to notice. For instance, strip clubs are notorious for having unfair and unsafe working conditions. Wage theft is especially common. In many places, strippers are categorized as independent contractors, so club owners can pay them less than minimum wage. Even when there isn't wage theft, club owners take a huge cut of workers' earnings. When strippers moved their work to the internet as the pandemic raged on, many of them took back their power and their money. They were able to do that because creators pushed platforms to keep them in mind. So it's clear that these new platforms have helped creators, artists, performers, and yes, strippers, connect with their fans and earn a living. But what benefits might blockchain and cryptocurrency bring to this creator economy? In today's talk, Meta's Adam Mosseri envisions a future where the blockchain enables creators of all kinds to connect with fans across different social media platforms without being beholden to any one platform. Afterwards, we'll think more about how the blockchain offers some promise and some peril to creators.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Tired of unnecessary payroll errors? Stop them in their tracks. With
0: Paycom, employees do their own payroll. They're able to identify errors and fix them before submission, right in the app.
1: The best place to see stars is at home with Prime Video. Get everything included with Prime, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, starring Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. Rent or buy hits like Mean Girls, starring Renee Rapp. Or add on channels like Max for the HBO original Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. You've never seen so many stars in one place. Prime Video, find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazonprime for details.
2: Power is shifting. History has taught us that technology will take power from the establishment and give it to individuals, give it to people. This has been true since before the advent of the printing press, long before. But the path is Not a straight line. There are always bumps and detours along the way. And the Internet is no exception. The original promise of the Internet was to push power down into the hands of people, into to all of us. And it has. It has weakened yesterday's gatekeepers. Music labels, news publications, TV networks, they've all lost much of their power and prestige. But at the same time, the Internet has created a new establishment, It's pushed power into the broadest of platforms, like Instagram. This was unexpected. But I believe that over the broad arc of history, that this unexpected outcome, this concentration of power in the hands of a handful of platforms, is not going to be a long-lasting trend. Over the next 10 years, we're going to see a dramatic shift in power away from platforms like the one that my team and I are responsible for, and to a group of people I like to describe as creators. Let's define a creator as someone whose personality is their brand and who uses platforms like Instagram to turn their passion into a living. Creators like Blair Amani and De Nice and Benny Drama. They generate new ideas, push boundaries, drive culture. We follow them just to see what they'll do next. What if we imagine a world where creators actually owned their relationship with their audience. They didn't rent it, they owned it. And where all of us were invested in their success. A world where the platforms acted more like platforms because we can and should do more to support creators. It's been maybe 50 years since the birth of the Internet, and we can all see how much it has affected almost every industry, particularly the attention-based industries. Music, news, TV, art, they've all been disrupted. Musicians like Childish Gambino and Frank Ocean and Chance the Rapper, they found ways to reach an audience without a label. When Jessica Yellen was the chief White House correspondent for CNN back in 2012, that network averaged about 670,000 viewers. Today, she reaches nearly that many people on Instagram alone. Star athletes are more relevant than the teams that they play for, which would have been unheard of 50 years ago. LeBron James has more followers on Instagram than the Lakers do. Cristiano Ronaldo makes more on Instagram, it's been reported, than he did from Juventus. Okay, so I and my team, we work at the point where creators and audiences meet. And platforms like Instagram have done a lot to empower creators over the last 10 years. My team is obsessed with finding more ways to support creators. But if we accept that as power continues to shift towards creators, or that that's going to happen because technology will continue to change, then we're going to have to rethink some things. Because today, creators are too dependent on too few platforms. And our role as platforms has to change. Now, I'm not saying that platforms are going to go away. New platforms will certainly rise. Old platforms will certainly fall. But all platforms will, and you're already seeing this happen, understand the value that creators create. And so they'll be increasingly interested in handing more power over to creators. Now, you might think, or this might be surprising coming from me, But I think this is actually a really good thing. I think that over the long run, what's best for creators is going to be best for platforms like the one I'm responsible for. The more art there is, the more there's an exchange of ideas, the more creativity there is in the world, the better off we all are. But we haven't always seen the world this way. For the five years before I joined Instagram, I was the head of newsfeed at Facebook. I was in that role during the U.S. presidential election in 2016. I was in that role during Cambridge Analytica. I traveled around the world talking to publishers and policymakers, most of whom took the time to tell me everything that we were doing wrong. I'm sure some of you hold my company and me personally accountable for all sorts of things. But I can tell you, we learned an immense amount from those experiences. I know I personally did. There were a lot of lessons. And one of those lessons, was how important stability and predictability were to publishers. No publisher can build a business on a platform that's too volatile, and no business should be entirely reliant on any one platform. The same is true for creators. Today, we're on the precipice of an entirely new internet built on fundamentally different technology than the tools of yesterday. New technology is making new ideas possible. Cryptocurrencies, social tokens, non-fungible tokens, decentralized autonomous organizations. That one really rolls off the tongue. Smart contracts. These are a group of ideas known in the industry as Web3. And each and every one is built on a foundation called a blockchain. The important thing to understand about blockchains is that they remove the need for an intermediary. What do I mean by that? Well, each and every one of you, I am sure at some point, has put money in a bank account. And when you did that, you were actually trusting an intermediary, in this case a bank, to take care of that money on your behalf. A blockchain allows you to hold digital money, in this case a cryptocurrency, without the need to trust an intermediary or a bank. And so a blockchain offers the potential for a transfer of power. What's interesting is not holding digital money. There's nothing new about that idea. What is interesting is how power is shifting from those who have historically held it to those who have not. There's an opportunity here. We can use this technology to help creators establish direct financial relationships with their audience, independent of any platform. Today, for many creators, not all but many, subscriptions are an important part of their business. And there are really great subscription platforms out there. Patreon, Substack, YouTube memberships. They provide great services. For you as a creator, they host your content, they distribute that content, they handle payments on your behalf. But there's a cost to you. You are beholden to each platform where you show up. You are playing by that platform's rules. So what if we imagine something different? A subscription between a creator and a fan still, but one independent of any platform, but that works across all platforms. On a five-year time view, the blockchain offers the opportunity for creators to directly own their relationship with their subscribers. Picture this. Lisa is a country artist from Georgia, and she wants to sell subscriptions. Maybe she wants to share songs that she's working on before she's ready to release them to the general public. And we all love Lisa, and we want to subscribe to Lisa. What if Lisa can sell a token, think of it as a membership card, for a few bucks to anyone who wants to subscribe? What if every major platform, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, they all agree to honor those membership cards. Then, in that world, if Lisa first establishes herself on Instagram, but later she wants to branch out into Twitter, she can bring Team Lisa with her. She can bring her subscribers with her. And all of us, because I'm sure we all love Lisa, we only need to subscribe once, not once per platform. That's a big deal. And even more important if we build these membership cards on a blockchain, no company can ever take Lisa's community away from her. Instagram could, poof, disappear tomorrow, and she would maintain her relationship with her subscribers, and she would maintain her income. We can take this idea further. As we look to the future, it's increasingly clear that it's going to bring more and more volatility as technology changes more and more quickly. For creators, this means new talent can succeed faster than ever before and at an incredible scale. It also means that we will never again see the stability in careers that our grandparents saw. There's a problem. One challenge with this future is that our financial infrastructure, particularly the way that we finance our ideas, largely predates the internet. Today, the predominant way that businesses raise money and the only real option available to creators is to borrow it as debt. And as to any of you who have ever struggled with a mortgage payment or a student loan or a car payment can attest to, there's a lot of downside to debt. My first experience with debt was a 13-year-old 86 Saab 9000 Turbo. Gray car, saggy roof, the sort of night lighter lights in the front, I love that car. But it was hard So what if instead of debt, we invested in people the way we invest in startups? As a creator, you should be able to use technology to raise money to finance your ambitions. If you so choose, you should be able to sell equity in your future, and you should be able to set the terms. For a $100,000 investment, you'll pay out 5% of what you make for the next 10 years, And we can codify those terms in a smart contract. We can connect the rev share you make on YouTube, the subscription fees you make on Patreon, the merchandise sales you make on Instagram, all to one token that anyone who believes in you could buy. And in doing so, you'd be giving your audience the opportunity to share in your success, to buy a share, to build equity in the creator they know, love, and trust. And Lisa would be able to build a community of people who were directly invested in her success. And with the money she raised, she'd have more time to explore, more time to create. Meta can't build this. No single company can. For ideas like these to happen, we need to come together across the industry. And we need pioneers. We need established creators to prove the model at first. But the idea isn't interesting until it's available to everyone. I sometimes think about what my path might have looked like had this opportunity been available to me. Instead of bartending and designing websites on the side and taking on a lot of student debt, I might have sold equity in my future. What might you have done? Who knows? But what's exciting about this idea is not the opportunity it affords an upper-middle-class white kid from the suburbs of New York City. It's the opportunity it affords Umi Janta, a roller-skating phenom in Berlin. Terry Lowenthal, one of my favorite photographers in California. And if we build this, we'll help to realize the original promise of the internet. We'll have to push power into the hands of people, to creators. Creators will be able to own their relationship with their audience, and anyone who wants to invest in creativity will have the opportunity to do so we have created a world where anyone with a compelling idea can turn their passion into a living, which at the same time affects possibly the greatest transfer of power from institutions to individuals in all of history. Thank you for listening, and thank you to you creators out there for inspiring the rest of us.
3: Support for this episode comes from the University of Illinois Geese College of Business MBA program known as the IMBA, which provides the environment and resources that empower you to make your mark and put your purpose into practice. Kara Kasner, a graduate of the program, can attest. Hi, my name is Kara Kasner. I am a 2023 graduate of the IMBA program at the University of Illinois Geese College of Business. I am currently the director of digital marketing at Kendall Corporation, which is a provider of senior living and aging services. So when I started, I thought it was gonna take me two years. The biggest change was when I found out I was pregnant, and I I knew I didn't want to stop the program, I wanted to keep going, but I was able to take a summer off to have the baby and to spend time with the baby. And because the program is flexible, it really had no adverse effect on me at all. I was able to just pick it back up when I was ready to and finish. There's a network here that's really unmatched it's huge and it's global and you're going to find someone in your field you're going to find someone in your function you're going to find people that have commonalities with you but you're also going to find so many people that aren't i think that's really unique to geese i think you're going to get a high quality education you're going to meet a lot of people and you're going to do that at a really affordable price i think what surprised me the most is how quickly i was able to take what i learned and just take it right to work with me. I had been kind of reaping the benefits the whole way along. Really from that first class I took, I was able to exhibit that in my work. I definitely think that my team at work has noticed and has seen me bring these things to play. I got pulled into more things than I would have if I hadn't done this program. I'm glad I went this route. I think it was the best choice for me. And I think it's a good choice for many people that are in similar situations to me as well. No matter what your career path, Gies College of Business Online MBA has a curriculum that gives you the right mix of practical and leadership learning to meet your specific career goals and be more competitive on the job market. Learn more at giesonline.illinois.edu.
1: If there's a surefire way to wake up feeling fresh after a night of enjoying alcohol, it's with Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by Ph.G. scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/tedtech to get 15% off your first order when you use tedtech at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com/slash. Ted Tech, and use the code TEDTech at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, ZBiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times.
0: Adam's idea about using the blockchain so that creators can keep their content in their fan base alive, even if a platform shuts down, is a good rallying cry for creators from across industries. I love how it keeps with this idea of democratizing and decentralizing the internet. Because the internet shouldn't be a place where just a few powerful companies can thrive. And when it comes to serving creators and helping them connect more directly with audiences, not all platforms are created equal. So I question whether Adam's blockchain idea results in an internet utopia for creators like he says it will. And I admit, I'm not so sure about the idea of say, Meta and Twitter and Spotify, all combining forces to make that happen. I mean, couldn't that end up concentrating even more power in the hands of those few big companies where incentives to create just for creation's sake keeps power in the hands of the platforms versus the creators? I mean, we've witnessed this. We've witnessed the sameness of dance reels and TikTok videos from our favorite creators who've been forced to create and engage their audiences almost daily just to keep up with the algorithm which long-term removes the idea that creators work for themselves. Instead, they're catering to a series of demands based on how well their output can outperform the code. Now, there are a few contenders rethinking how creators build and connect and engage their audiences without the forcing weight of those pushy bots. Platforms like Gumroad, Maven, Workweek... Every and Udemy offer creators environments where they can control the organic flow and cadences of their audience and offerings. While no infrastructure is without its flaws, what does remain clear is that the creator and creation economy are offering a great deal more flexibility and freedom for a workforce defining and determining its own path without having to go through the traditional gatekeepers. TED Tech is part of the TED Audio Collective and is produced by TED in partnership with Transmitter Media. Our editor is Sammy Case, and the show is fact-checked by TED. I'm Sherelle Dorsey. Let's keep digging into the future. Join me next week for more.